0: everyone you're listening to Ed Young Radio Ed Pastor's Fellowship Church and we want to thank you for listening with us These next few minutes together can change your life and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com Enjoy the message We're in a series called Open Heart Open Heart We've been saying around here and this is kind of different maybe for some of you to absorb this Jesus is the supernatural surgeon That's right, he's a doctor. He was called the Great Physician. The Bible, I'm talking about the Word of God, the scripture is a scalpel, a scalpel. This book convicts, this book cuts. This book performs surgery, does it not? I had heart surgery 12 weeks ago. They cracked open my chest, cut me from stem to stern. I had to go through some pain yet I'm better on the other side. I feel great. So often, that's the way the Bible works in all of our lives and quite frankly, that's why a lot of people don't like to come to church. They don't want to have surgery performed but if they'll stay with it, what's gonna happen? Miracles will happen, supernatural stuff will happen because our heart is the hope of the world. Our heart, your heart, my heart is basically a home for Jesus, isn't that cool? So, so today, we, we wanna to do some open heart surgery because of our surgeon, because of the scripture, and because of the potential of our heart. You know, when people come to church, they have one of three reactions. They either get mad, and I've had people get mad before. They'll, they'll get mad, offended at something from the word of God because basically, I have nothing to say by myself, zero. I mean, I I can't wax eloquently about anything, really. Yet, I'm called to preach and teach the Word of God. And when I preach and teach the Word of God, which I've done for 27 years, oh yeah, God uses my vocal cords and he has something to say. God wants to perform surgery. He has your best interest in mind. Likewise, the surgeon that operated on me, he's one of the best when it comes to mitral valve surgeons in the world. I researched him, and amazingly, I got into him. He, he did not perform this surgery for his benefit. He wasn't saying to himself, wow, I can make more money. I mean, he's got a lot of that. He's not worried about a claim. He goes all over the world. He's operated on emperors and kings and queens and celebrities and even a regular guy like me. He did, though, say when he looked at my heart that there was more love in my heart than any other person he's ever operated on in his life. Anyway, so, so, so he did that to help me. So the master surgeon, the supernatural surgeon, the Lord Jesus himself, he is performing surgery for your best interest in mind. Isn't that cool? That, that, that's great. So today, I wanna want to do some drawing. The first one I wanna draw is the heart. The heart, and God man. Basically, we know the first thing the Bible talks about is the fact that God is a God of love. Say it with me. God is a God of love. God loves you and me with this whole heart. We didn't deserve it, yet we're made in God's image. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read it together. God saw all that he had what? Made, and it was very good. Everybody is made in the image of God. You've never looked at someone who does not matter to God. That's right. People say, Well, I just don't matter. I'm a no count. I'm, I'm alone. No, are you kidding me? You are valuable. So valuable? You, you, in fact, if we knew how valuable we were, we'd, we'd fry circuits. That's how valuable we are. You have a one of a kind laugh, a one of a kind smile, a one of a kind personality. The potential in your life and mine is unlimited. Well, back in the day, everything was synced up. Back in, in, I'm talking about back in the garden, man, we had it going on with God. It was perfect. Our heart beat in sync with God. And God gave man all of these choices. I like to say squillions of choices. God just did that because of his love and because... He desired a relationship with man and everything was perfect, but we had a choice. You wouldn't believe it. We had squillions of choices, yet God said, hey, don't jack with the fruit on the tree in the middle of the garden. And what do you think happened? Well, I'll talk about that in a second. Jesus said in John ten I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. This is the life that God intended us to have. This wholeness, this health in our heart. But what did we do? We chose to turn our heart from God and follow the beat of our own heart, which we're going to find out led to a flatline existence. Man chose to look away from God. And if you look in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, the first time that man looked away from God for his significance, that is when sin entered the game. And and, then the Bible says man and woman tried to cover their nakedness. I mean, they were walking around nude in the garden. That's how amazing it was. They began to blame each other. God confronted them because of their sin, because of their failure. They began to play the blame game. And they blamed each other, and, and, and finally they blamed the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. Well, I'm on a roll. Help me. That was, that was good. No love, no laughter. I mean, I can't make these things up. I had to work on that timing. So man sinned, and, 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 and sin is just what we do. So if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down is God loves us with all of his heart, yet... Man chose to rebel against God. Man chose to do his own thing, his own way. So, we broke the heart of God. Sin. What is sin? What is sin anyway? Sin in the original language, is pronounced hamartia. It is an archery term. You've got a bullseye. You know? Someone's shooting an arrow. If the arrow hits right here, it still hasn't hit the target. God's standard of goodness is perfect. He's holy. He's just. He can't even wink at sin he can't say boys will be boys girls will be girls if you keep your nose clean if you are better than the other person no no god is holy so back in the day everything was just copacetic it was perfect it was like we were we were synchronized our hearts were beating together yet we have a choice love has a choice god chose to love us did he not and we have a choice we're not you know robots 70s. Michael Jackson. So I can't moonwalk though, that's pathetic. So even if you miss the mark, let's, let's, let's call this mark God's standard of goodness GSG. Even if you miss the mark, one hundredth of an inch, or if you're way out here, You've still sinned because the word hamartia is an archery term. It's missing the target. When our granddaughter gets older, we're not going to have her sinning lessons. We're not going to say, oh, it's our goal for you to be an AAU sinner or to be in club sin. No, she just knows how to do it. People are like, no, I think, I'll tell you, dude, I think babies when they're born are all good. They they, they have a lot of good things, but if you don't believe in the sin nature, just crank out a couple of kids and just watch them. (laughs) So we miss God's standard of goodness. We we miss it, So, so no one taught me that. And sin separates us from God. God, man. Because of sin, We deserve eternal separation from God. Romans chapter three, verse 23. Let's read it together. At all campuses, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're in trouble. I'm a self-centered sinner. I'll admit it. So are you. People say, well, the church is full of hypocrites. No, we're not full because there's always room for more. We're all hypocrites. That's what's so funny. I'm a hypocrite. I'll say it right now. I mean, for example, the Bible says in Ephesians that I'm to love Lisa like Christ loved the church. Have I always loved her that way? Perfectly? Heck no. Ask her. I've said I want to love Lisa like Christ loved the church. 35 years ago, in front of a pastor, I will love Lisa like Christ loved the church. But I haven't, so I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> now hopefully I'm not the level of hypocrite that I used to be. Hopefully, you know, God, God, God's improving me by his grace from the inside out, but, but, but don't ever say, oh, used to say hypocrite. <laughs> and I have this tendency, so do you, to compare and contrast yourself with others. I want to say to myself, Lord, I mean, yeah, I've got a couple of X's on the moral scorecard, but compared to my neighbor down the street, (laughs) I'm looking pretty sweet. (laughs) And yeah, maybe I am better, a nicer guy than my neighbor. Maybe I am. But you know what? Sin is sin. So we have a problem. We have a problem. So at this point, God could have said, well, too bad, so sad. Check out Romans 6.23. You're not going to see this on a coffee mug. (laughs) Oh, that was good. For the wages of sin is death. Ed, come on now, death. Are you talking about flat line? Well, here's what I'm talking about right here. This flat line would be hell. Whoa, you might be saying hell. Oh my gosh. Hell, the H word, that's right, hell. God does not send anyone to hell. Let me say it again. God does not send anyone to hell. Let me say it again. God does not send anyone to hell. We make that what? Choice. God chose to love us. We've chosen to rebel against him. Do you realize that it's God's will for everyone to become a believer? Yeah, what did man do? Man said, you know what, I'm not gonna follow God's heartbeat I'm gonna follow my own heartbeat, and when man followed his own heartbeat, you have brokenness and you have some serious heart failure, am I right? Because of sin. So what has man done? Oh, man has tried to bridge the brokenness to God. So we try religion. We try moralism, we try politics, we try this or that. Religion is basically a colossal construction project from man's side to God's side, but we don't have the tools, we don't have the ingenuity to bridge the gap over brokenness. I want to be philosophical. I want to be better than the next person. If I erase the world from wars or racism or whatever, and all those things are great, but it's not gonna get you to God. That's right. So people have tried and these things fall short. Ah, boof. Ah, poof. Ah, poof. They fall short. This is a cosmic chasm. Sin has separated us from God. So God cannot look at sin. So there are the eyes of God. He can't even glance at it because he is holy. What did God do? And this, well, let me just read a couple more verses so we can make sure that I'm being very thorough. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3:23. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin, you could say the compensation for our conduct, sin, is condemnation, death. The number one cause of death, by the way, is heart disease. And the number one cause of death is heart disease. (laughs) Proverbs 14.12, isn't this true? There's a way that seems right to a man. I just illustrated it. But in the end, it leads to death. So again, we broke God's heart. The bridge does not bridge the brokenness. It's time to take off our hard hats, take off the tool belts, and go, God, I, I, I mean, I don't deserve anything. I deserve eternal separation from you. That's why I want to draw the next thing. Sin. Sin separates and alienates. It's doomy and gloomy, is it not? It it keeps us from this incredible life that God offers. Well, the scripture says this about this situation because this is the good news. First thing, if you're taking notes, God loves us with all of his heart. The second thing, man broke his heart because of our heart failure. We failed to live up to God's standards, obviously. We deserve a flat line existence in forever. Number three, God's solution to our pollution, or or we could say God's solution to our heart failure, is Jesus. So what did God do? God saw this situation in John 3, 16, for God to love the world, in this way that he gave his one and only what? Son. First Corinthians 15, three through four. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, the Bible. He was buried and raised on the third day according to the what, let's say it together? Scriptures, the blessed blade, the supernatural scalpel. Second Corinthians five twenty one. God made, okay, you know what, let's, let's, let's all read this together. I want us to read this together. One, two, three. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what did God do? God sent Jesus and Jesus gave his Heart. I mean, he put it on the line. He gave all of his heart. He he put his heart on the cross voluntarily and he bridged the gap. Jesus bridged the gap from God man. He did it. Jesus did. We don't deserve it. Yet he totally and completely identified with us. He became the righteousness that we don't deserve. He was totally holy, totally pure. Again, as the scripture said, totally righteous. So Jesus satisfied the demands of God. Remember? God cannot look at sin, so we deserve eternal separation from him. God, because of his irrational, one-of-a-kind love, because he wanted to give us an opportunity to reclaim what we'd screwed up in the garden, God sent Jesus to give his heart, his perfect heart for you and me and for this great exchange to take place. Our guilt for his grace, our sin, for the savior our lives for the lordship of Jesus is that is that awesome so now when god looks at us if we've appropriated this if we've arranged for this to happen so now when god looks at us what does he see he sees the righteousness of Christ so let's draw one more. Are you ready? Here's the last thing. Ezekiel 36, 26. Powerful before our draw. I'll give you a new, say it with me, heart, and put a new what? Spirit in you. Let's keep going. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Whoa. So now we have sin, of course. Let's keep with our theme. And we have Jesus. Romans ten nine. if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. 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 Rescued. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. So Jesus, wow, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So if we ask, watch this now. Very important when I draw this. If we ask Jesus in our heart, a heart transfer takes place. A heart transplant takes place. I read the first heart transplant happened in 1982. Well, that was true physically, but spiritually, it's been happening for 2000 years. God has arranged a heart transplant. I mean, it's the greatest deal. Jesus in your heart or my heart. If you've made this decision, if you've arranged for this, if you've chosen this, because it's your choice or my choice, I mean, I could have looked at my surgeon and said, I'm not going to have surgery. But I had about six months to live in the same condition I was in. You can look at me, because I've taught you God's word, what it says about how to have the heart that God wants you to have in your life. You can look at me and go, you know, forget it. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's your prerogative. I implore you, though. I beg you. I pray, and we've been praying for you, to make this decision to invite Jesus in your heart, to give you a new heart, because he's done the work to take all of your sin, all of your guilt, all of my sin, all of my guilt upon himself, and I've made that choice to receive him. So if you've made that choice, share it with someone, how to become a believer. And I'm not talking about religion here, I'm talking about a relationship, now, let me, let me talk to you because we have a lot of people here who have never made this decision. You've never made this choice to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. If you look at Jesus, he always compared himself to stuff that would penetrate water of life. Water penetrates the soil. I'm the bread of life. Bread penetrates our body when we eat it. Jesus wants to penetrate your life and mine to give us a new heart and a new life. Have you made that decision? Because if you're born once, you die twice. If you're born physically one time and you're not spiritually reborn, you die and only God knows that day and time and then you die because you're in eternity separate from God in a place called hell. However, if you're born twice, a physical birthday and a spiritual birthday, You die once. Are you ready to die? You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. And it's stunning. Over the years, I was just thinking recently about how many people have come to fellowship over the years and how many times I've heard about someone passing away like the week after I've preached a message like this. And I said to myself, I wonder, I wonder if they've arranged this heart transplant to take place. So I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision right now. If you've never made that decision and it's simply a prayer, a choice, I want to give you a chance to do that. We all have a birthday physically. Do you have a birthday spiritually? Let's make sure that we do. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? God, I want to pray a prayer and this is a prayer that I prayed years ago when I arranged this situation this this heart transplant to happen in my life and right now you might be saying to yourself well Ed I'm not ready to make this decision you know what you're never going to be ready you're never ready really to get married you're never really ready to have kids you're never really ready to be a grandparent are you ready no no, no. but you have an opportunity right now to allow this heart transplant to take place. I'm just simply telling you what God has told us through his word. So just pray this prayer. The moment you pray this prayer, Jesus will do the heart transplant thing. It's supernatural. You might be way up there in the balcony. You might be on the back row in Miami. You might be in one of our overflow rooms in Fort Worth. You just pray this prayer with me. And God will come into your life. Just say this to yourself, God, I, I believe you love me and you want my heart to be for you. But I failed you. I've sinned. But I believe to the best of my ability. I believe it. And here's what Jesus said about belief. If you have the belief of a mustard seed, that's a tiny seed, that's enough. Even if you have doubt, we all have doubts. It's time to step out, to diesel through the doubt. So God, I believe you love me. But I admit to you that I've sinned and my sins have separated me from you. And I acknowledge the fact, I accept the fact, I believe that you sent Jesus to bridge the gap, to die on the cross for my sins. And right now I ask Jesus into my heart. Jesus, give me a new heart. Perform a heart transplant. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional.